Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys articles on analysis, news, opinion, and much more. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them, the ride of the week, and the stat of the week as we do every Wednesday night. This one is a matchup-specific stat that we will be diving into later, so stay tuned for that. And we will also talk about Freeman Mazda really quickly too. But hey, two minutes, two minutes ahead of this Cowboys-Colts game. Let's get right to it. Let's skip all of the fluff. And let's get this question out here. Truth or false? Colts versus Cowboys is a trap game. What do you guys think? Let me know in the chat. Uh, Joe says, sorry about Mexico losing tonight. I was rooting for them. I have lots of Mexican friends in Texas. That was a tough one. Uh, That was a tough one, Joe. But hey, hopefully the Cowboys make it up for us uh, as we move deeper into the season. Truth or false, Colts versus Cowboys is a trap game. Let me know in the chat. What do you guys think about this? I don't think that it is. I think... I think false is the way to go here. Trap game is a term that gets thrown a lot around in sports media, whether you are reading articles, whether you're listening to a podcast, watching a show. A trap game is when you are facing a team that has a sneaky favorable matchup going on for them that can really turn the tides and lead to an upset. Or maybe when a team is not as bad as its record indicates. But right now, the Cowboys are a very good team, one of the best in the NFC, and they're facing a very bad team that happens to be one of the worst in the AFC. Now, granted, the Colts have a decent defense, but a decent defense doesn't necessarily overcome one of the worst offenses in the entire league because that's what the Colts have right now. And I would lead this conversation off by signaling out the fact that people are trying to sell this as a trap game because of Jonathan Taylor. However, the Colts are not running the ball well. They're not. In fact, they're the 31st team in the NFL in EPA per rush. And on top of that, they're the worst offense, according to DVOA, throwing the football, 28th, according to DVOA. And if we're going by EPA per rush attempt, 
They're 31st in the NFL. Is that on Jonathan Taylor? Probably not. Probably has to do with some of the injuries along their offensive line. Most recently, their center, Brian Kelly, also suffered an injury. They've got a rookie left tackle in Bernard Raymond, who has been decent, but will crumble against elite pass rushers. And I think that Micah Parsons is set to have a good game against the rookie. But overall, my answer would be false. I don't think that these will be a trap game for the Cowboys. I think that the Colts are legitimately bad. Now, we'll talk about the other side of the football. And, you know, in the NFL, it's any given Sunday, always. But the Colts, I don't think that they, don't, they shouldn't be seen as a trap game. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Joel Wilson says true. Bruce says the Mazda CX-30 has more horsepower than the Colts for sure. Hey, Bruce, you got that right. There is no such thing as a trap game, says Swain. I, I also could agree with that philosophy too. Uh, Bruce is false. Toxic says trap game like South Carolina versus Clemson, Mo. Yeah, yeah, like that one. Uh, false says Gregory. False says Swain. No, says Joe. It will be a blowout. Steve Miller says probably not. Sebastian says false. So pretty much most of the answer is coming in as falls no trap games says joe looking over from italy now larry says we cannot look over any teams if we go into this game thinking it's going to be easy that's not good larry i partly agree with you because you don't want the cowboys like the guys on that roster and the coaches on that sideline you don't want them thinking that it's going to be easy that's something that the cowboys need to avoid and something that mike mccarthy talks about consistently but also when the objective of this show is to objectively talk Cowboys football and even predict losses for the Cowboys when I think they're going to lose. I've done that before on the show. Not a lot this season, uh, fortunately, because the Cowboys have, have been good this year. I cannot say that this is going to be a super tough matchup. I think that this is a, an, an easy, favorable matchup for Dallas. And I think it, it has to do more than anything with the lack of horsepower from the Colts. Uh, Matt Ryan and the passing game is broken for Indianapolis. Uh, we'll talk more about Michael Pittman tomorrow because I think that will be a fun matchup to watch. I would consider if I were the Cowboys shadowing Pittman with Trevon Diggs. Now, let's talk about the run defense for the Cowboys a little bit here. Because, yeah, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are the one of the worst offenses running the football in the league after being one of the best last year. But they still got Jonathan Taylor. And that will always be in our minds. You know, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor can get going at any moment. He did against the Philadelphia Eagles, for example. They kept it close. It was a 17-16 to 16 game. And overall, we've seen Indianapolis play in some tough, close games. Many of them have been defined by just the one possession. But I think there is a difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles, defensively speaking. The Cowboys allow big gains when defending the run. However, they're a little bit more consistent than what it would look like in most situations. And here's what I mean. The Cowboys allow multiple home runs 
versus the run, but they're the sixth best defense in success rate versus the run. That means they're winning a lot of these reps. They're 20th in EPA per play, and that talks to you about those big gainers. But they're not, honestly, they're not as bad as the Eagles defending the run. The Eagles have one of the worst defenses in the NFL against the run. And there is an intrinsical difference to it as well. The Cowboys will load up the Bucs with defenders. They need the resources in, able to, uh, in order to be able to stop the run. Now, they're the number one team the, the the number one team in the NFL in stacked box rates in early downs. No one uses a stacked box more than the Cowboys in first and second down. The Eagles are 19th because they're always using their safeties up high and they want one of them to insert into the run fit and they're always struggling with that. Now, while the Cowboys are a top 15 defense in DVOA versus a run, a top 10 defense in success rate while allowing some big plays. The Philadelphia Eagles, for example, are 29th in EPA per play. They're 31st in success rate and one of the worst in DVOA as well because they're consistently bad against the run. Uh, Jordan Davis is expected to come back, that big nose tackle for the Eagles, but I honestly don't think that the, that the Eagles have a good run defense, and the Cowboys kind of do, even though the conversation and, and the mainstream narrative has been otherwise because the Eagles have a talented defensive line and they've added free agents to it. But there is also a reason why they're adding what? They have added three, out, three outside defensive linemen, if I'm not mistaken, for this uh, during this season. There's a reason for that. Now, now, I'm not disrespecting the Eagles or anything like that. I'm just trying to put things into perspective here and say the Cowboys run defense is really not that bad. It does allow some explosive plays, a lot of them, and you want to limit that. But they're closer to finding that fix, I would say, than the other way around. Toxic Tom says, Mo just said the Eagles ain't. Now, nah, I didn't say that. Uh, they're a very good football team. They're one of the best in the NFC. I'm not sure who is the best in the NFC at this moment. I would say it's one of the of the big three that I've talked about in this show, the Cowboys, 49ers, and Eagles. One of those three has to be the best. But I think that the Cowboys will be better equipped to stop the Colts running attack than the Eagles were a couple of weeks ago. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to start him, but I still want him shut out, says uh, Adam. Oh, Adam is asking if he should start Michael Pittman in fantasy football. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know, honestly. Depends on who's, who's, who else is on your roster. If I had other options, I would consider sitting Michael Pittman for this one, uh, but I don't know what your roster looks like. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that one. Eagles couldn't throw on the Colts. I don't see Dallas having that problem, says Bruce. And that is also a very good comment here from Bruce. The, the Cowboys probably have a more solid passing attack than the Eagles. Not in a sense in which, you know, the Eagles are not efficient because they are. I do think the Cowboys have more answers at their disposal than 
than the Eagles would do. But anyways, focusing on the Colts here at, at first, I think that the Cowboys can't stop the run. And if you can't stop the run, then you get into the conversation of can Matt Ryan win this game? And the short answer is probably not because Matt Ryan is dead last among qualifying quarterbacks in average depth of target. He is really throwing those checkdowns. He's really throwing those underneath routes and rarely risking it downfield. He was also dead last among qualifying quarterbacks in big-time throw percentage. He isn't, you know, uh, putting that football at risk as much as you would assume. Uh, he doesn't have a, a an outrageous turnover-worthy percentage place, uh, play percentage, but he doesn't make up for those turnover-worthy plays with big shots down the field. And I think that really plays into the favor of the Dallas Cowboys. And even if the Colts come out there and they are aggressive and they want to get that early lead, the Cowboys should be in a position to simply overpower the Colts offense, even if the, the defense isn't, a, isn't up for the, for the task on Sunday for whatever reason. Sean says, was this kid alive the last time Dallas won a Super Bowl, says Sean. I was not, unfortunately. And for some reason, though, the Cowboys haven't consumed my life either way. So uh, what was it? 1996. I was born in 1999. I'm 20. What am I? Uh, 23 years old now? Yeah, I'm 23 years old. Have not seen the Cowboys even in an NFC championship game. Crossing my fingers, though, Sean. Crossing my fingers that this is it, that this, this might be it. And I do think the Cowboys have a very good team. Now, Bruce says, Mo, did you see Matt Ryan running and looking like he was moving through quicksand? He looks low. And I'm kind of upset about it, you know, from an from a unbiased point of view, in the sense that I expected more from Matt Ryan during his time with the Colts, just because I thought that he was going to get back into this, you know, uh, play action kind of offense, don't do much, just run a lot of play action and be okay from the pocket. I thought that he was going to be playing against uh, behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, but that has not been the case. And that is actually a perfect transition to the Freeman Mazda stat of the week here, because that's been one of the biggest problems for the Colts and one of the most favorable matchups that the Cowboys will face this Sunday night. The Colts do not have a, a good offensive line right now. And two, they don't have a good answer for when they are pressured. And in order to show you that, let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week here really quickly. Here we go. One, two, and three. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. The Cowboys defense has a chance at completely slowing down the Colts with the help of their biggest strength, which is the pass rush. Because the Colts, and this is the stat of the week, are 27th in the NFL in EPA per pass attempt when Matt Ryan is pressured. They don't have those answers, and it gets a little bit worse here. No team in the NFL, and this is according to Robert Mays from the Athletic Football Show, no other team in the NFL has lost more EPA, expected points added, 
in sacks. They've allowed a ton of sacks and they have always come at the most costly times. 27th in EPA per pass attempt when pressured. And then on top of that, they're fourth in pressure dropbacks. They're one of the most pressured teams in the NFL. And then you're getting set to face Mike Parsons and company. And that sets up a dangerous proposition because if you saw that Monday night football game between the Cow between the Colts and the Steelers, in that final effort to win the game, mount a comeback, and look like 2016 Matt Ryan, the Colts allowed a sack that pretty much ended the game. A sack. Uh, by Alex Heisman, the linebacker for the Steelers. And it was a sack in which he ran right past Bernard Raymond, the left tackle for Indianapolis. And you, you look at that play, and that's just pure speed from Alex Heisman, just getting right past him. Raymond is likely going to face Micah Parsons on Sunday night. I don't know if Raymond will be a good tackle down the road, but that's not a good matchup for the rookie. Who will lead the Cowboys in sacks on Sunday Night Football, in your opinion? Let me know in the chat while you do that. Let me talk to you about the guys that brought this stat to you, FreemanMazda.net, and their ride of the week. Because the ride of the week is the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Premium. This one starts at $32,130. It's got a sunroof. It's got all-wheel drive. If you want comfort, it's got leather, power, heated, memory foam seating. If you want safety, it's got side impact airbags. If you just want to jam to some good music, a premium audio system, miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. As always, remember that Freeman Mazda is a family-owned business for over 65 years. And when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. And as Bruce just said, it's got more horsepower than the Colts and company. So there you go. That's the Freeman Mazda ride and stat of the week. The question, who will lead the Cowboys in sacks on Sunday, just dropped. Let's see. Who else but Micah, says Bruce. Joey Bella, though, feeling bold. He said, Slam Williams. Slam Williams, I love it. Swain goes with Fowler. Parsons, says Rudy Garza. Two, possible three. Now, Rudy, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. Here's why. Here's what I was thinking. Not, not as in, in, a, in a prediction kind of way. This could be a three-sack game from Micah Parsons. And according to Pro Football Reference, he really quickly trying to make sure but I'm not telling you a, a lie. That has not happened yet in Micah's career. He's got nine games, nine multi-sack games in his young career. Most has been two and a half versus the Broncos last year. Ooh. Oh, I don't want to remember that game, though. I don't think any one of us wants to. These might be... Micah's first three-sack performance might be. Of course, they're going to have to have a plan for him, which is always the issue with Micah, though. Love to a Parsons interception, ran back for six is Mark. Getting some 
bold predictions out there. Dila will eat, says Mark. Sam Williams says uh, Mark. Uh, King Element, excuse me. Let's see. Parsons three sacks, says Joe. A lot of love for Micah. A lot of love for Micah Parsons in the chat. And hey, I cannot blame you. Sebastian, though, giving Dorance Armstrong a shout out. Gregory says, how about the quiet assassin Armstrong? He will get two sacks. There you go. Then he says, Trayvon is due for a pick. That would be nice as well. But yeah, I think I think Matt Ryan is going to be under heavy pressure on Sunday. And I don't know if they have an answer for that. Seems to me that even though Ryan gets some completions when he's pressured, you see a lot of checkdowns for the Colts offense, like a lot. And that's why... He is 39 out of 39 qualifying quarterbacks in average depth of target. He's just getting rid of that football, even if it's for a one-yard gain or a two-yard gain. I think the Cowboys defense will get the, the most out of the, will make the most out of facing that Colts offense. Now, on the other side of things, uh, Kenny Moore might not be playing. Somebody asked about him. I think it was toxic in the chat. Uh, Kenny Moore did not practice today. We don't know if he will play or not, but that could be a big-time injury for the Colts defense. They've got a decent group of guys up front. They've got Yannick, for example. Uh, they've got a talented group of linebackers. Even without Shaquille Leonard, they've been playing some good football. But they're not like a top-five defense or anything like that. They're more of around average. So... And we will dive deeper into that side of the matchup tomorrow. But overall, considering what the Colts have on offense, I don't think that their defense is good enough to make up for it. Especially because I think Dallas will remain aggressive. I think Dallas will still have that game plan of taking some shots early in the game. I know many of us maybe had some... Second thoughts about that. Maybe we're not a fan about uh, Dak throwing back-to-back -back deep shots on first and second down since they want to go for it on third and fourth. It's kind of kind of weird in that sense that we want the Cowboys to be more aggressive with the second that they are, and it doesn't work. Oh, we want them to go back and just run the football, keep doing it. Uh, what I love about this Cowboys offense and what Kellen Moore has been able to build here, even though uh, there's a lot of criticism that is very fair against Kellen Moore but I would say this is an offense that has answers for everything they can they can play from under center from the shotgun they can use play action not use play action and they have way more answers than they did in 2021 and in 2020 in my opinion and that includes even running outside and running inside so I feel good about the offense moving forward. And speaking of that, before we get out of here, James Washington might be about to come back, ladies and gentlemen. And he was activated for practice today. And what that means is that Washington will have 21 days at most to practice with the Cowboys and he can now be signed to the roster at whichever time the Cowboys free agent or the recently signed Cowboys free agent. Recently, meaning this offseason, of course. We've been waiting for him since summer. Uh, he got injured 
it was said that his injury, a foot fracture, would take about six to ten weeks. Those went by and still no sign of James Washington returning. The Cowboys were oddly quiet about it. It was getting weird. But now James Washington said to come back. It remains unclear if he will be activated for Sunday night football or after that. I would say that judging by Mike McCarthy's press conference from today uh, and based on how the Cowboys have approached players returning from injury in general, I would be surprised if he, if he plays for the Colts versus the Colts. But he could be back very soon. And my question for me to you is, is James Washington coming back a big deal, small deal, or no deal for the Cowboys offense? Let me know what you guys think. Are you excited about his return? Are you not excited about his return? kind of kind of kind of sad to be throwing out those comments in the youtube chat i just put somebody on a timeout <laughs> oh thank you to dano by the way he says i like this kid thank you to dano we are live every sunday through thursday night here at 8 p.m central uh thank you for your support hit the thumbs up if you want uh let's see small deals is gregory james is no deals is swain Bad deal to Swain. Big deal to John Jones. Let's see here. No deal for Premier. Small deal for Adam. No idea what he has to offer, says Dennis. That's that's a good question. Like uh, We don't really know who and what James Washington is. Small deal, says King. Element small deal. You know, mostly people are going with a small deal. I will say that, okay, I won't say a big deal. Signing OBJ would be a big deal, right? So I will say a small deal. However, I think it's a bigger deal than many of us realize. And here is why. I think that even though Noah Brown got off to a great start in 2022, I don't think he's a guy that concerns defenses. Now, I'm not saying that James Washington will necessarily be that kind of presence on the offense. But he at least has something that you need to take care of no matter what. And that is top end speed. He can stretch the defense vertically and he can really get some things going in some home run kind of plays. Washington is not a guy that will be getting six catches per game or seven catches per game. But he might hit some home runs. And even if he doesn't, he will allow you to play CD Lamp in the slot way more often. And that is what you want. I think that's what the Cowboys have always wanted to do. But out of necessity, CD Lamp also has to play outside. If you are able to play, to bump CD Lamp slot snaps a little bit further, you might be onto something. So I do think that this is going to be a bigger deal than it seems like uh, uh, right now. And I've always thought, and this is since he came out of Oklahoma State, by the way, I've always thought that James Washington was a talent for the NFL and that he got misused and caught in a very bad situation with the Steelers in an offense that A, was not good, and B, had Ben Roethlisberger throwing the football 
but not the good version of Big Ben. I, I'm a huge, you know, like uh, in the old days, the big. I, I'm a Big Ben stand. That's one of the quarterbacks that I grew up watching. But that was not that version of Big Ben. So I think that we just didn't see James Washington put up numbers in big part thanks to that. Bruce says, Mo, my excitement for Washington ran out once the season started. That is fair. I understand why. I do think he's still a good player. I do think that, and I've been higher on James Washington than, than most since the moment that he was signed. Uh, so I will say small deal, but I would probably, you know, be on the bigger side of things. I mean, he got injured. There, players get injured in the NFL. That sucks. But I think he does provide something for this offense, even if it, it is just, you know, allowing City to play inside a little bit more often. Now, keep in mind, Brown has not been targeted all that much over the last few weeks here. Uh, he's not. And I like Noah Brown. This is no, you know, disrespect towards the guy who has been here for a while now. But see, uh, two targets in the Vikings game, no targets in the Giants game, uh, four versus Green Bay. He did have seven versus Detroit, had a good game against the Lions, a 50-yard game, three targets versus the Eagles before that, two targets versus the Rams. So since week five, when the Cowboys played the Rams, he has only exceeded four targets once, and that was versus the, the Lions. Since week five, He's averaged three targets per game and less than two catches per game for a game average of 18 yards per game. James Washington is an upgrade over Noah Brown. And I know that Brown had a great start to the year and that might have had to do with his chemistry with Cooper or just with the way that the Cowboys were doing things on offense when they were playing it super safe. <laughs> so yeah give me Washington who ends the season with more yards says Toxic Tom Washington or Tolbert I think I think Washington <laughs> the correct answer is neither says Toxic Tom man the Jalen Tolbert storyline I hope that there is a comeback to it I think that uh, even if it's not this year like if it's in 2023 I will be okay with that. But right now, kind of sucks that, that Tolbert has not been able to get on that field consistently. Uh, Gilbert says, I think that Brown is better than Washington. At the, at the very least, you need to have a competition going at wide receiver tree the moment that James Washington is back on your roster. And I do think that he will be in that roster. So... And I think that Washington will it into those Noah Brown snaps. Let's see here. Uh, shout out to Camp Six. Let's see. Danos is truth. Brown was hurt a game or two to Swain. Yeah. So he was out there, what, week eight? And week eight was the one that, that Noah Brown did not play in. Because he had uh, week five versus the Rams, week six versus the Eagles, 
he didn't play in week eight against the Chicago Bears, that would be that game, right? That was actually the Jalen Tolbert game, not the offsides game. That was the, oh, we're going, we're actually going to use three tight ends most of the game, or at least an entire series to not get Tolbert on the field, which was very revealing at the time as to what a Cowboys thought of Jalen Tolbert, at least in my opinion. That's how I interpreted that whole thing. We talked about it when it happened too. Uh, now, in order to make it to make space for Jalen Tolbert, maybe potentially for excuse me, James Washington, uh, the Cowboys did wave Terrell Basham the day before. They did that yesterday. I know that Basham is a good player, so you you always hate to see those kind of news. But also, I mean, it's a roster thing. I don't I don't hate the Cowboys at all for waving Terrell Basham. I don't think it's a bad move or anything. You just have a lot of a lot of guys on that defensive line, and if there is one position in which you can free up a roster spot and not feel any impact, then that's defensive line for sure. And Tack McKinley still has some room to be activated from the practice squad, so I would be surprised if they signed him to the 53. I think that would be, in short, that would probably be roster mismanagement. So I don't think that McKinley gets signed yet. I think that they wait until they cannot elevate him again. Uh, Swain says he's stack playing. Probably he is. But I would say that he, if he does, that would be via the practice squad. I don't think that he's signed to the 53 roster. Now, Washington could be signed right away if we're looking at that roster spot and wondering, well, are you going to use it or not? We'll see. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. As always, remember that prime time is live Sunday through Thursday night. Tomorrow, we close out the week with some previous stuff. Cowboys versus Colts, including our bet of the week. And I'm excited about that one because we are 9-1 and one in Cowboys bets this season. I never thought that we would be 9-1 and one after the Cowboys' first 10 games. And I'm talking about the bets specifically that we make here on primetime. One bet per week. It has to be in minus 110 odds. So we don't we cannot go with safe stuff, quote unquote safe. I don't know what to play tomorrow. The Cowboys are 11 point favorites now. I gotta tell you, I gotta, I gotta share something with you. I bet. Cowboys minus one, minus nine versus the Colts before last week's Thursday game uh, for the Cowboys. So that was a look ahead pick. Since then, the betting spread has go from has gone from nine to eleven and a half. I don't know if I like Cowboys eleven and a half. Uh, we'll see what the bet is tomorrow night. But I'm excited about having bet that that number in time before it moved. We'll see what happens moving forward. Thank you to Gregory. Thank you to <laughs> thank you to Toxic. As always, King, Bruce, all of you guys for joining the show. 
I always appreciate it. As always, Prime Time brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Hit the thumbs up. Remember that every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. That helps out a lot. That is the biggest thing that you can do to help out the show. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Adiós. Bye-bye.